If you're thinking about switching careers to video editing, then stick around because we're going to be speaking to a guest, a previous student of Unsplice, who moved from physical therapy to now working for a reality TV show. Uh, he's going to tell us his journey, how he got there, and some of the things he learned along the way. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Video Editing Podcast from Unsplice. If you didn't know me, my name is Shiny and today we're going to be speaking to Matt. Matt is an old student of Unsplice, um, an alumni as the official term goes, and he did the technical workflow course way before Unsplice Pro was even a thing. This was a full day course, and it was dedicated to teaching the entirety of technical knowledge needed to essentially become an assistant editor. So things like all the codecs, um, transcoding, subtitles, uh, string outs, multicam sequences, everything needed, everything needed to know before you actually start editing the creative process of editing. So that was a, back in the day, that was a full day training. Now, of course it's split and it is available inside Unsplice Pro in more manageable chunks. You don't need to take an entire day out of your schedule to do it. And Matt has since moved into reality TV as a story producer. We're going to learn a little bit about what that role entails, what it actually means, um, and how he got there from where he was. It's been a year and a half since we spoke, and so a lot has happened. And um, we speak about his um, path going forward from here and what the general path is and, and how he's expecting to move his career forward from here. So stick around because... If you are also thinking about moving careers, especially if you're thinking about moving from the health um, profession, then this one is definitely for you. Quick interruption to just let you know that the cost of Unspice Pro is going up on April the 1st. That's because the amount of value inside Unspice Pro has grown massively. Right now, you get access to all of the back catalog of courses, plus every single month there is new training happening. So you'll be able to take wherever you are in your career, you'll be able to learn industry standard practices from the moment that you get the asset to how to tell the best story. So if you have been dying to learn industry standard practices, head to unspice.com forward slash Pro. On April the 1st, the cost is going to be going up by $50. And whatever the price you pay when you join, that's the price you will pay for as long as you're a member. So if, if the price increases in the future, you will get around that. So get in before April the 1st to pay the cheapest amount you will ever have the ability to pay for access to Unspice Pro. Within there, you have access to all of the training, but also you get access to me. We have 
weekly sessions, small group sessions, where you can ask any questions about your edit that you are working on at the moment, software questions, career questions, whatever. Also, you get direct feedback on your edits. So if you are practicing or if you're working on a live project, drop your edit inside Unspice Pro and you will get feedback from me and the community on how to improve. So head to unspice.com forward slash pro before April the 1st to sign up and get Unspice Pro for the cheapest it will ever be. All right, back to the podcast. So tell me where are you right now? Because the last time we spoke was uh, you just finished the technical workflow module. Yeah. Which was like two, was that two, no, two, it wasn't quite you two years ago. It was like a year and a half ago. Kind of where I was at then was um, getting a little bit more familiar with just editing as a whole. I, I knew at that point that that was my focus and by trying to establish some resources and network um i you know i eventually met you and really liked what you were doing in terms of uh providing a educational uh, a huge educational resource for for people that that are kind of getting a start in the industry and and even Thank carrying you. out their career through that um so the first one of the first things I did was reach out to you to get your advice, and uh, you, you took the mindset of, well, the approach of okay, you need to know the technical workflow first. You have that as your foundation, and you build on that, and that really stuck with me, and ended up enrolling in the course, and uh, so it was excellent. I learned a lot really got a lot of what I feel to be a good foundation from that and just Great. continued to build off of it. I had already had some connections and, and network resources through doing some PA work early when I was transitioning into this industry. And mm. was that local or how did you find the PA work? I, you know, I was, I was, um, I was at a point where I knew that I wanted to seek out uh, further this path into this industry. And, and just for the record, you know, my background's in healthcare. So I'm a physical therapist. I was working as a physical therapist for, well, it's crazy to say it out loud, but you know, now <laughs> it's nine years. And I think to about six or seven of those, it was full time. And I got to the point where I knew that I was I was wanting a change, and I really admired the film industry. But being from the East Coast and the in the U.S., it's it was uh, something that was a bit foreign because there's just not a lot of that around here. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, I, I looked for ways to to learn about it, learn about the industry, and what opportunities are out there and find what kind of my niche and my passion was within it, if there was to be one. Mm -hmm. So I started gathering as much information as I could from, from people and, and, uh, uh, came, came through, uh, 
um, got involved with a website called Staff Me Up. And does a lot of a uh, lot of pairing production work uh, with 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 PAs and other you know other things. And started PAing some gigs, and some of them were local, some of them weren't. I fortunately with that time period, you know, I knew that I didn't. I knew that I wanted to fully commit to this at that point. But I knew that I had to be open-minded about maybe there's going to be some travel. I knew that PA is <laughs> you're not going to get, you know, I, I can't live off that. Uh, but fortunately, I have that physical therapy background um, to where I can still work part-time and as needed to be able to, mm. to kind of fund those efforts a little bit and build on it? them. What was it that drew you to the film industry? You say you knew at that, at that point this is where you wanted to focus your energy. What was it that appealed to you? Well, I think that I always had an interest in it. I mean, going back to even when I was little, uh, not having a whole lot of exposure around here, it, it, it almost seemed a little bit foreign, but I knew that I loved TV. I loved film. And I, I knew that with my personality that. Uh, I have a, a creative side that I wanted to explore that I didn't feel like I was really getting with mm-hmm. with what I was doing in the in the capacity that I that I wanted. So, uh, yeah, it got to a point where I it was it was I you know I want to see what this is all about. I want to explore yeah. it, and, and that that started very local. That was uh, getting involved with some church productions and mm-hmm. production teams with that and some big churches in the area and then getting involved with at some acting groups and doing a little I ended up doing a little bit of editing for them just kind mm-hmm. of uh fun promos and teasers that they could use for the website and for um social media content yeah, not a big social media guy, so I knew that wasn't what I wanted to do. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, all but, it's all a healthy experience, though, isn't it? It all adds up. Yeah, but the the editing piece, I did, I did. Yeah, so yeah, that was when it, I kind of said, "All right, I've, I've narrowed it down. This is the direction I want to go," and that's when I really kind of tried to pursue those steps to move forward with with being open minded about okay. Maybe I'm going to drive a little bit and do some PA things to, if, if I found that I might establish some good relationships here, some people I can talk to, people that might plug me in, but just not uh, really good opportunities to learn more, right, and, and, and kind of yeah. uh, develop. So um, that was where I... And I guess I'd... that's how you get a taste for it. Exactly. And, and that was... That was uh, how I, I met the the supervising producer that I'm now working for. Um, yeah, so, great. yeah. So, so yeah. it was all a kind. It was a chain of events, really, that led to the current opportunity. Yeah, and you know, it was it was interesting because all this was kind of evolving around the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it was. Uh, I knew that I wanted to make that jump before the pandemic, but that really shed some light into, um, you know, I, I know this is the way I want to go. 
And yeah. I have I have the background, the foundation that I can I can do that and commit to it. So yeah. that was that. Kind, and of s- kind of move forward. Set the fire alight. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I think it's uh, a lot of people share share the same experience in terms of just COVID um, setting this, you know, creating this realization of the job that they had and what uh, the things that they did enjoy about that, um, that perhaps actually, and they took for, for as pluses or took for granted, perhaps when they were taken away, they realized it wasn't as peachy as they first thought. Yeah. I think what, in, ad- in addition to that, it, it, really provided a, a almost forced time mm. period of self-reflection yeah and yeah. i think if you didn't use that time for personal growth uh, you were really missing out on one of the few bright spots to come from that mm. yeah absolutely no i mean the whole situation was tragic but there were it was yeah the perfect time to reflect and right right figure out what where our energy should go what your priorities are yeah which yes perfectly said um going back to your um your physical therapy days what is it what was it that made you uh made you think i need to do i need to switch yeah i mean it was a combination of factors it wasn't one specific thing uh as i mentioned i I believe I'd been working roughly seven years full time at that point in some different settings. And I, I really liked PT. I liked it a lot. Um, you know, I was surrounded by different people and there were, you know, different creative acts aspects to, um, figuring out diagnoses and determining plans of care and, and executing them. Um, so I think it came down to the point where I kind of felt like I was getting a little bit burned out yeah. and that was kind of like that seed was kind of developing in my mind and, um, I didn't feel like it was really getting better, uh, yeah. despite some setting changes and some different, different things I was doing for that. Uh, I, I also felt like as much as I liked it, uh, wasn't, I wasn't really passionate. I didn't feel passionate about it. Um, yeah. and honestly at the time I didn't know that editing was my passion either. Yeah. But yeah. Of course. That was kind of when that self-reflection period and that, that time came where I say, okay, I can, I can be stuck in the situation and yeah, I'll be stable and have a job for the next 20 years. But is that really what I want to be doing? I don't want to look back in 20 mm-hmm. years and say, I didn't at least try something else that may have been a better fit for me. Yeah. And as, as I experimented with that, I kept going a little bit further until that narrowed down into, yeah. Uh, okay. This is the way I want to go. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think what helped me too, was knowing that I had, I, I'll, I'll always have that. I'll always have the ability to say, particularly with freelance, if there's a, a slow period where I need more work and pick up, um, 
some some PT gigs and and have some work there. And I'm, in fact, I still do. You know, I still do that sometimes. So I, I stay relatively fresh in that. Um, uh, but but certainly uh, devote you know most of my full time efforts to to editing at this point. Yeah, the new role that you have. Uh, what's the what's the name of the role? And is uh, presumably it's full time. It's not a freelance gig. Is that right? Uh, well, maybe I misspoke a little bit. It is. Oh, it's a story producer, and essentially, it's it's still freelance. Um, however, the hours I'm putting in uh, fall along the full time uh, yeah. category. Yeah. So, so it's a story producer role, and um, going into it, I had some questions just about what what exactly that entailed. But you know, uh, it, as the name. Uh, suggests there's a storytelling element to it that was that was appealing to me and so basically with with reality um there's a ton of footage it's you know a big production a lot of times um and in this case it's a big one so a lot of moving tv shows right right and so there's a lot of moving pieces there's a lot of footage when a footage comes in it gets sorted by the assistant editors and then the story producers kind of have the first, the first stab at it, and taking and drawing what fit footage uh, you want to use to to kind of craft a story, which will then kind of work up that chain to editor and supervising producer and network and back and forward, back and forward until it's a finished product. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what that role entails. Um, I mentioned that for this show we use Avid, which is is media composer, which is common for reality TV when you have big productions and a lot of people involved. So the sharing aspect of that's good. Yeah, uh, so I think a lot of a lot of studios use Avid is the ability to have many people working on the same project without stepping on each other's toes. Um, There is no other editing software quite like Avid for that. You know, and and being able to do that remotely is yeah. uh, excellent. So all of your jobs are remote at the moment? At the moment, yes. At the moment, this, uh, I'm across the country from Amazing. where that is produced. Uh, now it's a traveling show, so sometimes they come this way for filming, uh, but I work... I work exclusively at home right now. I think some of the assistant editors are in the office at times and in, in, in the studio. Um, but yeah, ed, uh, produ- story producers, editors, mostly remote. And uh, thanks to some of the technological advances that have come during the past few years, we're able to do that. And yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's been great from that standpoint because... It allows me to really be able to, you know, maintain the lifestyle that that I want and need right now um, to continue to go in that direction. So, Yeah, and that's um, exactly what you were looking for when you were coming from your PT days. And it's the freedom and the freedom of of movement and being able to be fully remote. Um, yeah, and then it's you, come to it's come to life. <laughs> yeah, well, talking to you about it, I was like, man, this is a 
it's a good deal. I, I like I like this. I can get used to this. You know, with the physical <laughs> therapy, I'm always I'm always on site. So uh yeah. It was it was a different it was a, a an adjustment for sure, but a good one. Of course. Yeah. How was your home office uh, setup before and how is it now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's coming along. It's coming Great. along. I uh started with with uh, the basics and uh you know, I got a ended up getting a, a MacBook that that um is uh pretty pretty legit and just kind of started building on that and get pieces here and there but I've, I've definitely turned it into to my little my area so uh, i can lock in and then do what i need to do <laughs> yeah yeah that helps so you just had a laptop beforehand and you were just starting with that i had yeah basically and then i had a um i don't know like a 20 something inch uh dell monitor yeah and uh worked with that for a while and then i recently got an ultra wide so now i'm kind of bouncing around the three of those and uh yeah and then kind of from an ergonomics side I've upgraded my <laughs> my Great. situation with with mouse and and a chair and some other things yeah. to make sure you know for yeah. uh for me that i'm i'm uh not putting too much strain on myself yeah, so you building it out as you go along. You don't need a huge setup to start. And that wasn't yeah, a prerequisite I mean, really when don't. you started the job. You really don't. A lot of it too is personal preference. Yeah. I mean, I know uh, people that work on the show and uh, various roles that just work with them. Just have a laptop. They work. Yeah. They work yeah, they on Avid on the laptop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've seen people just work in cafes um, because... Are you um, are you connecting to machines on a mm -hmm. remote location? Yeah. So, so they like... use jump. They use jump desktop, which yeah. is uh, yeah, a yeah, remote system. And I basically just use it and and work on it at the house. Although I could I could take it. I mean, I like to have the the screens and stuff, the monitors, and uh, you know some of the other stuff, but. Um, and, and the, and the speed, cause I'm able to, to directly tap in, uh, yeah. to the, to the internet. But, you know, if I was, if I was, uh, to go to a, a, a cafe or co coffee shop, I would, um, be able to do that as well and, uh, just work, work with the laptop. So yeah, yeah that's nice perfect. in that aspect too. You can kind of yeah. get a change of scenery or get out of the, the house. screaming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You get a little cat cabin fever, that sort of thing, which happens. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 absolutely. So, uh, tell me a little bit more about your day to day roles as a story producer. What does a story producer actually do? Yeah. So, I mentioned before that all that extraordinary amounts of footage come in, and uh, it's 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 sorted and and grouped as as timely as possible for the amount that you know the amount that there is and so what my job is is to take that and <clears throat> extract the interesting pieces and and put it into a a bigger story and is that within avid are you pulling selects onto a timeline yeah 
Yeah. So everybody kind of has their own way of going about getting to that end string result to then pass on. Um, what I'll typically do is is uh, is I'll find the footage that I might use and put it in the timeline, and then I'll, I'll start my rough cuts from there and kind of whittle it down. And the first, you know, the first few are pretty massive cuts. Uh, of, of footage sure. out of that and then from there I'll kind of bring it down and down and down and then simultaneously be moving the pieces with the story in mind uh, but because the, the the first thing I'll do is I'll watch the entire footage so I'll how many hours are we talking here well yeah I mean that's it's variable but you know typically you'll take a a, a chunk Right, and say, I'm going to take this scene or I'm going to take um, this portion of what's going to be the episode and I'm going to find that story within from that. So you kind of watch through all of that and formulate in your mind, you know, what, how's this going to look? How's this going to work? Mm. And then from there, as you're, as you're cutting out, whittling down and you move things around, uh, you figure out what works, what looks better in certain places, what flows the best, and um, until it, you know, eventually becomes a finished product on your end, which then yeah. we go to the next person, which is the editor, and they'll what they'll typically do from that point is then um, they might add in some scene setting uh, shots or. Um, things of that nature and then what they'll do is add in uh, music and refine the audio mix it a little bit more and um and a little bit of graphics work a little mm. bit of graphics but a lot of that's um okay already ready to roll so yeah so what is the uh what does the timeline look like when you hand it to the editor what's the duration and and you just got everything on one single track and it's just a bunch of selects yeah so essentially yes it's it, it comes down to one completed string and based on the show and what you're working with will determine the length but um, yeah, essentially that's what it is, is, is you might have a few different sequences that you're pulling those selects from. And there's a lot of times I'll get a little bit further down the chain and then say, well, actually there was a piece that I remember that I think can fit here. Well, I can go back and, you know, a couple of those rough cuts ago and grab it and put it in and, and kind of do, do that. But. Um, yes, eventually it comes down to, you know, it, depending on the show, it, it'll vary as far as like how long it'll typically take to do that. And once you, once you get that down, then that's one sequence. It's a completed string. The editor will take it, look at it and go from there. Um, nice. and then what, what you have is, is a number of story producers, and mm. they're each taking sections of what will be that episode and doing the same thing. Yeah. And then that'll go to an editor, sometimes the same one or a different one. And then it, 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 
you know, goes back and forth a little bit as it continues to get polished to that final yeah. product. Okay, nice. And so have you found that, um, that presumably, you, you, I mean, you're practicing your storytelling skills every time you're doing this. And like you said, you would end up pulling some dialogue that you heard and you thought, actually, that would fit perfectly here. Um, so as you're doing all, all of this, you're essentially flexing your storytelling muscles. Absolutely. And I, I love that aspect of it because it allows me to really have a lot of control over the, the creative direction of the episode. Uh, yeah, nice. And, and that that aspect of it is done a lot more in my hands than what the editor does in a lot of yeah. cases. And that's probably specific to uh, a larger production like this um, because you have those specific roles. Yeah. Um, and instead of kind of, kind of that combined one. Um, but at the same time, I'm able to do a lot within the editing. And mm -hmm. I can kind of take that as far as I want if if I'm able to do that in a timely manner, um, which, yeah. which, which is coming, you know, some of those elements of effects and things are coming along to the point where, um, they're not taking me as long. So I have time cool. to be able to do that and shorten up that time span that that editor's going to need to spend on it. Yeah. You're um, getting faster as you go. Yeah. Which is a valuable thing. Yeah, absolutely. So the next step from here is uh, presumably editor. Yeah, I check in with my supervising producer occasionally, and it, the I, I mean, we we set out to knowing that that was going to be the goal, and I I'm glad that I went this route, and I like I like story producing. I like it a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready for that challenge yeah. in, in its own sense. And, uh, yeah. and I'm continuing to work towards that, which I'm, I'm hoping will be in the next few months Great. where I can, I can, uh, you know, take that on and shift over into that role. Awesome. It's great that yeah. you have, you have that foresight and it's great that you're having the conversation as well, um, with the producers and they, they're open about that because, it's um it can be kind of daunting when you go into these roles to just feel like am i going to be here for longer than i'm comfortable yeah um and so having that conversation at the beginning is is really great to hear yeah and and you really you really have to do pro be proactive about driving that you know yeah. i mean you think about whether it's a supervising producer or anybody else they they're busy you know, they're busy. They've yeah. got their own things going on. And, you know, the, the, the more above you, they are they're probably even the busier. So they're not going to remember that. I mean, they may, they may remember that this is what you want to do or, or you're kind of what you're working to, but they're not yeah. going to be the ones that are going to kind of make sure that that's happening they don't they don't have the time you you have to set those goals and those timelines and make sure you're the one that's being proactive about uh, making it happen yeah yeah i mean you, you exactly nobody it, it's really difficult because um you've already said you're one of several story producers and so 
all of you right. are essentially vying for the same position. Um, and whilst you're collaborating at this point, you're all working together as a team, um, there is this um, an element almost of competition of just kind of like just being the, the brightest star in, in a sense. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be um, the best per se, but just being top of mind whenever an opportunity come, arises up. Yeah, I think you you have different personalities. I mean, some people are, they they love the story producing and that's where they want to be. That's where they're going to stay. Yeah. They don't want to edit. And, you know, teach their own. Uh, but if you have ambitions to move into a different role, whether it's a lateral move or upward move or whatever, yeah, you need to you need to make yourself make it known that you're a valuable yeah. piece. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, I'm going back to the beginning when you started this role, um, we spoke about you rising up, doing um, lots of local jobs and kind of like, um, building a, a small network that way. And, um, when this job opportunity came up, did it come to you or was it something that you went and found? I went and found it. And I think 90% of the time, that's how it's going to work, if not more. And did you find that in a job listing? Is that? No, I, 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 I'm not sure if I mentioned it or not. I did a, uh, a PA, um, a PA gig a while back for this show. And that was, that was a random, I didn't know anything about the show. And I had to drive to it. I had to, you know, make arrangements to stay. I wasn't getting compensated for lodging. Those are some of the sacrifices you have to maybe determine that you want to make. And for me, I that's what I was I was doing, and I was committed to it. So, anyways, uh, long long story short, with that, I met the supervising producer on that show, and and for me, it's about. You get in those roles. I mean, I knew I, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to be a PA. I was open to other things that may come up in terms of opportunities. Um, so I didn't I didn't want to you know narrow narrow down too much. But um, for me, it was always important to say, ooh, not not how many connections can I make while I'm doing this, but who are the people to connect with? Yeah. Great. Smart. Who are the right people to connect with? Because those relationships, if you maintain them, um, you'll find out those are the ones that are going to be worthwhile. Whereas a lot of the, a lot of, a lot of ones you might, might come about, uh, or might come about or a little bit more, superficial where you know it's 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 not gonna carry out to anything which is fine too but um i just don't have time for that i don't have uh with where yeah. i'm with where i'm at <laughs> in my life in my mid-30s and you know i have a family it's it's about meeting the right people and, and maintaining those relationships and yeah and and i think that um those should not all the time but should come relatively easy because if you have an eye for people that 
are open to helping you and want to help you and and uh, care about you, mm-hmm. um, you're going to care about them. And that, that's Sitting. that's that's what the relationship comes down to, and that's that's really where um, you're going to find that hey, down the road maybe an opportunity is going to come up where you're considered. Yeah, and it's not and just it, superficial. Yeah, and it's very much about finding those people that you bond and connect with, and just nurturing that relationship. That's right. And I, I that when I was doing the PAing stuff, like I said, and I, I knew that was something I didn't want to do forever. And I was hoping yeah. it would be a short-lived thing with with kind mm-hmm. of where I'm at in my my life. Um, but to me, I saw it as a necessary step. And yeah, you know. Um, it did enable those some of those uh, forge some of those relationships to be able to happen, and I kept mm-hmm. in touch with that supervising producer. And uh, when there came an opportunity, uh, I'd happened to reach out around the right time. Um, yeah. Yeah. and some of it was luck, to be honest. Um, and well, uh, kind of went from there. You made your own luck. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a yeah. good way to put it. It's yeah, yeah. I, I like that. You're the perfect example of um, uh, a method which I, which I have said timeless times. Um, it's easy to kind of do a scattergun approach where you will reach out to as many people as possible, thinking, well, the, you know, if the number's greater, the chances are if I can hit like 1% of 100 people, then, then one person's going to get back. But um, the reality is, uh, the more laser focused you are with building relation with building relationships, the better the results you're going to get because the bond is going to be so much stronger and you're going to be more top of mind. Yeah, and I think early on, it's good to have that mentality going into it. Um, but early on, you might be reaching out to tons of people too, just mm-hmm. to be able to find people that. Maybe uh, uh, somebody that you want to carry on a relationship, um, and then mm-hmm. as those become evident, then you, you stick with them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if if you have no contacts whatsoever, um, it's you need to find where the target is. Yeah, which which was uh, that was kind of where yeah. I was at. So that was that was <laughs> yeah. like first step. It's like okay, let me you know flood people with LinkedIn yeah. and emails and everything, and try to yeah. get a you know some sort of uh traction here <laughs> yeah so it is possible for the for anybody else um who has no connection to media to film to the industry that we and you are now in it's possible for them to break into the industry and it's not some kind of crazy code that you have to crack that's almost impossible like anybody can do it with enough dedication and tenacity yeah, and you know, I think that for me, it's kind of the the beginning of the road rather than the end, and I yeah. kind of look at it that way. And I'm always looking ahead, um, even if I'm happy where I'm at, which I am. Um, you know, I'm not. You, you've got to be proactive in a sense that you're avoiding becoming complacent, or if you're working on a bigger show, to where you get kind of pigeonholed into a certain role that. Yeah, maybe maybe you want to progress from and and grow from there, um, but you know those opportunities aren't always going to come in a linear upward trajectory. 
And sometimes it might mean taking a step back. I mean, that was a big thing I had to learn early and determine if I wanted to do. I mean, even going, you know, graduated with a doctor of physical therapy and working for a number of years and then saying, okay, I'm going to transition to something else that I know nothing about and, and carry on with that. Uh, so it does, you but, know, you, smashed you, have, it. but you, you have to figure out what you, what you want, what your priorities are and, and do yeah. what makes you happy, but also be realistic about what you need to, to make your, your lifestyle, um, your, your means fit your lifestyle. Absolutely. Yeah. You, and so you'd had some trial and trial and error. You tried a few things you realized, and then you went and followed the path and it's worked out really, really well for you. And I'm, I'm really pleased. I'm really happy to see, see where you are because I remember when we did the technical workflow course together and you were just, um, just really unsure, um, where to go and what to do and, um, the next steps and to see you here now. Your foot, both feet firmly in the door and uh, on the ladder on the way up, and the next step is editor. It's um, it. Looking back, it feels like a short amount of time. I'm sure at the time, you know, a year and a half away feels like a long time, but um, you know, it. Looking back, it went by pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, it's it is crazy how how quickly it goes and. I knew that going in and, you know, I was like, if I'm going to do this, I, I need to fully commit. And, uh, once I made that decision, then I said, okay, well, let's, you know, let's not waste any time here. I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> uh, so, you know, to continue to try to step out of my comfort zone and, and continue to, to learn and grow in that direction is, uh, is what the, the, the work priority became. Yeah. Great. Well, I really hope to get you back on here when you're in another year and a half, when you're editing and you've got a team underneath you. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to catch up and I appreciate everything you're doing for the editing community. It's um, my pleasure. No, I, I such... love this and I love hearing from uh, people like you who are making the dream happen. Yeah, it makes well, it all worthwhile. Well, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to uh, have had you as a, as a friend that that's, been able to uh give me some some words of wisdom to uh you know Thank help you. help me fulfill fulfill this uh this this path great yeah yeah, yeah i'm really happy <laughs> yeah, yeah it's absolutely. been great it's been a pleasure yeah <laughs> absolutely well again appreciate you you having me on oh my pleasure all right hopefully you picked up a few tips from matt's journey uh, because there definitely is a necessary need for a tenacity. When you are trying to switch careers, it can be very daunting as a, you know, as a mid-career switcher to have no gap essentially between your old job and the new job, video editing, because you have a lot of more responsibilities than someone who lives with family, um, et cetera. So having downtime between the two jobs is a lot more risky. And so having the tenacity to have focus, follow through, build those connections before you make the leap um, has really, really paid dividends for Matt. 
And if you are feeling a little stuck, a little wary, or you don't know what steps to take next, then come say hi. Come sign up for Unspiced Pro because in there we have a community of people all going through the same thing, sharing tips. And of course, I'm there. And you can ask me any questions you like about what to do next and how to build out your portfolio and how you can make that transition without or minimizing the downtime between the two careers. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And well, I'll see you next week. All right. Take care. Bye.